0: When it comes to eating well, sometimes it feels like it's a guessing game. Even if something looks good for me, the label is usually full of mystery ingredients. Who's got time for that? Not me. That's why I love Daily Harvest. They say no to weird ingredients, fillers, seed oils, added sugars, and even gluten if that's something you avoid. So all I have to do is say yes to delicious, easy to prep options that never leave me wondering what's really in my food. They deliver delicious options such as smoothies, harvest bowls, soups, and my new favorite, their bites that are built on organic fruits and vegetables straight to my door. Thanks to Daily Harvest, I always have something convenient in my freezer, especially on a really busy day. Take the guessing out of eating well and try Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com ifstories. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 96 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with a very special guest. His name is Dr. Gil Blander. Dr. Blander is the founder and chief scientific officer for Inside Tracker, and he is internationally recognized for his research in the biology of aging. Welcome, Gil.
1: Welcome, and uh, I'm very happy to join you, Jen.
0: I'm thrilled to talk to you today because your research interests are right up my alley and I'm just passionate about us figuring out what works for our unique bodies and the whole idea that we are not one size fits all. You would probably agree with me that this is the future of what we're going to do in healthcare.
1: Definitely, I will agree with you. It's a, I think that it's something that will going to make a revolution in our life and Currently, only the pioneers doing that, but uh, very soon everyone will have his own uh, personalized nutrition plan.
0: I love it. Tell us about your background and research interests and how you came into this field.
1: Sure. So from a very young age, I was fascinated by the aging process. And the reason for that was that a, a relative of mine uh, passed when I was 12. And instead of being said about her uh, passing away, I was basically worried about myself because I realized that I won't live forever. So at that time, I decided that uh, I will dedicate my life to study aging. So that's why I studied biology. I done my PhD at the Weizmann Institute of Science. And then I moved to Boston and uh, done my PhD at the Lab of lenniger Rente, a focus on uh, aging research. During that time, I also was exposed to a lot of uh, intermittent fasting and uh, and other studies that uh, we've done mainly in a model organism, and I assume that we'll discuss it later. When I uh, arrived to MIT, I also started to be exposed to the environment of Kendall Square, which is the area at uh, Boston or at Cambridge that MIT is located, which have uh, thousands of companies, high-tech, biotech, pharmaceutical. And I started uh, to realize that there are a lot of interesting uh, research going there that might be exciting for me. So I decided instead of becoming a professor in the industry, I wanted to start my own company that maybe will help people to live a longer, better life. And that's basically was the genesis of uh, the company Insight Tracker. I assume that we'll discuss it later, so I don't want to get too deep about that. But uh, I founded the company uh, almost 11 years ago. And what we are trying to do is uh, allow everyone to live a longer, better life based on what's happening inside their body.
0: Well, I love that. And I think that all of us who are intermittent fasters, most of us, many of us, I'll say, I won't say most, I'll say many of us came to intermittent fasting because we heard it might help us lose a few pounds. <laughs> you know, as I talked about with you before we began recording, I lost over 80 pounds and have been able to keep it off for five years now. But... Once we came to intermittent fasting, we realized, wow, this is really a health plan with a side effect of weight loss. So when did you begin fasting yourself? How long have you been doing it? Tell us about your own fasting journey
1: a bit. Sure. So I started my intermittent fasting, I would say, maybe eight years ago. And that was based on the research that I done uh, at MIT and later on at the research that we have done at uh, Insight Tracker, which I realized that there are a lot of benefits for uh, intermittent fasting. I can discuss it more, but I assume that I can discuss it also later.
0: Yeah, Let's talk about it now. Talk about some of those benefits because people are excited. Some of us that started it for the weight loss didn't understand. When I started it first, I just thought of it as, hey, this is just a way for me to eat less food and lose weight. I didn't really understand that there was so much more going on in our bodies. So my audience is, of course, going to be very interested to hear about the science part of it. And you are just really poised to tell us more about it than I even could, of course. So what was the research? What pulled you in? What was, just made you say, yes, this is something I'm going to
1: do? So I think that it started in the 1930s when uh, researchers actually took rats and basically caloric restricted them. So he cut the amount of calories of the rats by 30 to 50 percent, and then he realized that actually those uh, rats can live up to 50 percent longer. But nobody understood why and how. And then in the last, I think the the big push happened in the last couple of decades that a lot of research was done on mice, on fish, on uh, worms, on yeast, and even on monkeys, that show that when you uh, intermittent fast those or uh, cut the calories of those uh, model organisms, you can increase the lifespan of those model organisms by up to 50%. So I came to intermittent fasting more as I want to live forever than to lose weight. Luckily enough, I succeeded to manage my weight using nutrition and uh, exercise, and I haven't had to use this tool, which is an amazing tool, and I agree with you that uh, intermittent fasting is one of the best tools to lose weight, but uh, uh, for me personally, that wasn't the reason. So especially when I came to MIT, and that was in 2002, we started to do a specific uh, research at the lab with uh, mainly mice. At that time, what I knew is uh, you need to do caloric restriction. So intermittent fasting wasn't the way that we used it. Basically, what we done is uh, we went down. Usually, the animal room is in the basement of the building. I don't know why. So you go down in the elevator to the uh, basement. And then you house each mice in one cage. Instead of usually you house like five mice in the cage, you house only one mice in the cage. And then you need to weigh the food for these mice, and they give him like, I don't know, 30 to 50% less food. And when you do that, you see that the mice are jumping on the food and maybe finishing the food in 10 minutes because they're so hungry. And you do it every day. Basically, it's a lot of work for the scientists because you need every day to come there, a weekend, weekday, holidays, you need to, someone need to come there, weigh the food, give them the food, and it's a lot, a lot of work. And then once a scientist was a bit lazier, And uh, he said, hey, maybe we should just give them uh, more food, but feed them instead of every day, let's feed them every other day.
0: Oh, that is great. I love this hearing this story because is that really the genesis of every other day fasting?
1: I'm not sure, but I'm telling you the story. Okay, I love uh, it. Okay. (laughs) These scientists said, hey, as human beings, we are all, always lazy and we're trying to do the easier intervention that we can. So go down to the, in the elevator and you need to put, you know, all the gear or all the coat and the and glasses and the cover your shoes. It's a lot of work. So these scientists found that actually when you give them much more food but feed them every other day, you see the same effect uh, related to longevity. So basically they still live uh, 30% longer. So then everyone says, hey, why, why should we? Not everyone, but a lot of the experiment move to basically uh, feeding the mice every other day. Then you also can save a lot of money because instead of uh, housing each house in, the, in its own cage, you house, uh, let's say, four or five mice in a cage. And uh, you get charged by the university by the number of cages, not by the number of mice. So basically, you also save a lot of money for, uh, for the lab. So that was the let's say the genesis for me for uh, every other day fasting or intermittent fasting. But I also started to look at the effect in human. And actually there are a lot of not a lot, but there are some uh, nice research about the effect in human. Yeah,
0: you know, a lot of that is is based on the Ramadan fasting, right? We have the human side of things with people who are fasting for Ramadan.
1: Yeah, correct. That is more, let's say, observational study. But uh, uh, some scientists, especially what I know is uh, from the USDA, and I know that the USDA done a study for, I think, that like two or three years. And basically, they uh, it was a, a pretty good study, control study, uh, two groups, one group fed as normal, and the other group, they I think that they cut the calorie around 20 or 25% of the normal diet. And so they obviously seen what you have seen. They've seen that they lost weight, but also uh, them and others seen a lot of other effects that are very exciting for me. So I'm very happy that everyone is excited about weight loss, but the weight loss, I would call it the phenotype, basically what you see with your eyes. It's very important for me to see also what's happening inside your body, or let's take selfie from the inside, okay? And when you look at that, as a scientist, we could find a lot of markers that show that actually intermittent fasting doing good for your body. So I can give you an example. The glucose level or fasting glucose level is going down. And I, as I'm sure that you and your audience know, glucose is very important to our metabolism, but it's uh, super important to maintain the low glucose because uh, if you have a, a high glucose, it uh, make a lot of tension on your pancreas that uh, create insulin. And then uh, an effect of that in the long term, you can become diabetic.
0: So, yeah. So over time, fasting makes your blood glucose go down to levels that are a nice, healthy, steady state.
1: Correct. That's a huge effect. And uh, not surprisingly, so if you look at glucose, you can look at the glucose now, or you can look at the glucose uh, after overnight fasting. But there is a not, a, another marker that called hemoglobin A1c. If I'm trying to explain it simply, it's basically show the average of the level of your glucose in the last 90 days. And the reason for that is that our red blood cells are uh, regenerate every 90 days. And we are looking actually at a modification on the red blood cells that they become uh, modified using uh, sugar on them. And because they live only 90 days, you can see how much uh, uh, glycolated A1C you have. And that's a, a very a strong measurement of a diabetic, but also it's a, a strong measurement of the level of your glucose uh, over the long term. And again, uh, as data in the literature show that intermittent fasting or caloric restriction can uh, decrease the A1c. So those two are related to glucose. But you have a lot of other markers like lipids, like triglyceride, LDL and HDL. Also a marker like, uh, uh, of inflammation such as a HSCRP, which is high-sensitivity C-reactive uh, protein or a reactive protein, which is a global marker of uh, inflammation that's going down, which is great. Inflammation is uh, <laughs> pretty bad, and uh, we want to have it as uh, little as possible. There are uh, other markers that are interesting that are uh, showing effect, like a marker called a DHEAS, which is a precursor of uh, hormones. So there are a lot of uh, very good effect of uh, intermittent fasting on blood biomarkers, which is, uh, as you can hear, I'm very passionate about. But th- there are other effects that are not less important, such as uh, decrease your uh, uh, blood pressure. Blood pressure is also very important. So I think that uh, uh, what is uh, nice about the uh, uh, intermittent fasting that it's a uh, looks like maybe even as a one drug in a way, or not? it's not a drug, but a one intervention. They're doing so many good things at once. That's
0: what I think too. For all the people who start intermittent fasting for weight loss, they may not find that the weight loss is quick. That's something, you know, we're used to, you know, these fad diets. They promise you're going to lose a ton of weight. Intermittent fasting is not always quick for someone. Like let's say someone has really high glucose levels and they have a high A1C and they're diabetic or pre-diabetic. And it may take them time to see their bodies heal with the intermittent fasting. And so one of the things that's saddest to me as someone in the intermittent fasting community is when someone says, oh, I started, I haven't lost any weight. So I, I don't think intermittent fasting is, quote, working. And what we like to tell people is, well, it's working deep in your body in ways you may not be able to see yet, but you need to give it time. What would you tell those people who may think, gosh, I haven't dropped a lot of weight quickly. It must not be working. What would you tell them?
1: Yeah, I think that that's a a great point. And actually, uh, last October, I uh, went to a scientific conference and I heard a a great presentation about uh, intermittent fasting. This scientist, what she done is she's basically compared Uh, let's say, every other day fasting versus uh, time-restricted feeding. So uh, time-restricted feeding is usually, it's called, I don't know, 16-8 or, I don't know, 18-6. Basically, either 16 hours or 18 hours you are fasting, and then uh, between 8 to 6 hours you have a feeding period. And then you have every every other day, you can eat as much as you want in one day. Again, don't go and become a pig. And then uh, the other day it's completely fasting. And what she said that uh, when she looked at the data, which uh, was a real clinical trial, that was uh, very con- uh, impressive data, she said that uh, both of them had a pretty similar effect. What she have seen, that she had seen a much more dropout in the population that tried the every other day uh, fasting, because it was vo- much harder for them to accumulate for that. Everyone that got to the two-week mark, basically done it for two weeks, they continued to go with that, and that was uh, okay with them. But there was, a, a let's say, a period of uh, around two weeks for the every other day fasting that it was very hard for a uh, population to do it. She looked at it uh, similarly to you, mainly in the weight loss angle. So that was uh, one group. The other group that had uh, done 168 uh, uh, or 186, she said that it was much easier for them to start it, and they basically... After a week, they got into that pretty easy. And I want to tell you that that's what I'm doing. So for me, the time-restricted feeding is uh, pretty easy. It's my uh, lifetime. And it's like, I, I don't think about it even. It's like my clock is already set for that. And it's, it's not a big deal for me. It's like part one intervention that's doing so much for my body. So I'm saying, yeah, it's great to do it.
0: Yep, so you follow time-restricted feeding, so do I. We also call that the eating window approach casually in our communities. I tend to have, I'm, I'm a pretty short eating window. My eating window could be anywhere from two to six hours, just depending on how busy I am, what I'm doing that day. How long is your typical window?
1: What I'm trying to do is I'm not eating dinner after seven. For sure, not uh, eating anything before 10. I'm trying to push it even to noontime. Like today, it was 11. And there are some days that I'm so busy, so I'm uh, even skipping on uh, lunch. Some days I'm uh, busy, and uh, uh, maybe I ate uh, my uh, breakfast uh, earlier on like 10, so then I might skip dinner. On those days, again, it's an anecdote, and I'm a scientist, so I don't want to quote me in the world. But at the days that I'm uh, skipping my dinner, I see an, a, a decrease of two pounds of my weight in the day after. And I'm doing it like uh, once a week or so. So it's uh, really interesting. And and again, I haven't done any study about that, but it's really interesting that when I'm uh, uh, pushing uh, breakfast late and skipping dinner, I I, I can uh, lose a day later around a couple of pounds, which is, I don't know. interesting.
0: Yeah, people are always looking for ways to tweak their windows so it it works best for them. And also that scale is a great motivator for people in the community, which is true. I love what you talked about from the presentation that that it took people a couple of weeks to fully adjust to the every other day pattern. Anyone who's trying that method out, be aware it's going to take a while. I want to get back to you. You were comparing the time-restricted feeding to the every other day did they find any differences long-term in the populations who did one versus the other?
1: As much as I remember, they haven't seen any big difference, like statistically significant difference. Uh, and I think that they mainly measure weight loss. I th- Maybe, if again, if I recall correctly, it was uh, in uh, October. I think that they've seen also effect on, uh, they looked also on the lipids, so they've seen the uh, effect on LDL. But I think that it was uh, pretty comparable, and uh, I think everyone should uh, choose the method that is good for him also for me i'm not uh, doing the time restricted fasting every every day like the weekend if i'm going for a party or if uh, in the weekend uh, i'm planning to go for a long-term cycling like cycling for a few hours i will eat earlier because uh, it's very important to supply uh, fuel for your body so and the the data from the literature actually show that uh, even if you uh, don't do it every every day, it's, it's okay. So it's okay to cheat once in a while. You don't have to do it uh, seven days a week, uh, 360 days a year. Day. You can uh, once in a while go out of it and that's fine.
0: Yep, that's exactly right. It's a lifestyle, but we have special occasions. So you don't have to think of it as, wow, I cheated. It's just really, you know, today I'm having a longer eating window. Maybe it's 12 hours today, you know, and that's okay. You're living your life and we don't want to feel like it's a prison sentence because it, it has to be a flexible, enjoyable lifestyle. So does everybody at the inside tracker office, does everybody do intermittent fasting?
1: Not everybody. So we are, uh, it's interesting. We have a uh, diverse uh, a team of players we have uh, a lot of athletic active uh, people so we have a few marathon runners and uh, i think that uh, someone like that and they are mainly running in the in the morning uh, so for those guys it's pretty hard to do it so if you ask me what population i want uh, recommend to do intermittent fasting is someone that uh, exercise a lot and they exercise in the, immediately after uh, uh, finishing or doing the window of fasting because at the end of the day, after a, an hour of exercise, you need some new fuel. And if not, you will make damage to your body. We also have uh, a few that are more like uh, strength uh, people that are uh, doing CrossFit and other. But we have a few people that are fasting. We have a team member that actually is uh, now doing a few one-week fast. So it's really uh, exciting to see his result. Uh, he, he done uh, the test, and uh, sorry, he done the one-week fast, and he, he tested before and after, and it's interesting to see what is the effect of, on his biomarker. It's really fascinating.
0: That is fascinating. We don't have a lot of science on longer fasts, what happens. Are you all studying like metabolic rate and all of that as well?
1: So he mainly looked at uh, his uh, biomarkers level. So in InstaTracker, we have a panel of uh, 40-something uh, blood biomarkers, so we basically tested before and uh, then after, and uh, it's, uh, it was very interesting to see the the effect on the, uh, and you can see the effect on the metabolic-related markers. You can see how the triglyceride is going down. Uh, I think that actually went up because you, you don't have enough glucose, but you can see a lot of changes that are really interesting uh, following the week of uh, fasting. It's uh, really fascinating.
0: We, yeah, we do actually see in our community, people who start intermittent fasting do find their cholesterol, while they're actively losing a lot of fat, they will see cholesterol go up just because they're losing so much fat. So yeah, that is something we see. And people are like, oh no, my cholesterol went up. It's long-term, long-term we see beneficial effects. But at, in the short term, people are often surprised by that.
1: Correct. And uh, For example, why the triglycerides are going up is because you don't have enough Glucose in your body, so the liver uh, sends some uh, triglyceride to compensate for that. But definitely, I agree with you. The long-term effects are very good, and uh, actually, I encourage your uh, listener to to test and and see because I agree with you. We need more data, and uh, there is a lot of data in the model organism, not enough in humans.
0: Oh yeah, you're exactly right, and I think that more is going to come. Intermittent fasting is everywhere now. I'm sure you saw the article in the New England Journal of Medicine that came out end of December. Dr. Mark Mattson's team reviewed intermittent fasting and the research on it. And so doctors are really interested in how can I use intermittent fasting with my patients that I have right now, my patients with type 2 diabetes, my patients with fatty liver, things like that. What health conditions would you say that intermittent fasting is really, really great for?
1: I think that again, I'm not a physician. I have a PhD in biology, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not uh, trying uh, or claiming to practice medicine. I think that for healthy people is uh, uh, definitely good, and uh, someone that would like to lose weight, it should work for everyone. But uh, consult with your physician because the physician know your best, and uh, uh, theoretically it should work for a, a diabetic. But I think that the best is to consult with the physician and do it together with him and uh, under the control and maybe we'll need to adjust the amount of insulin that you inject or I don't know what. So again, theoretically on the paper, based on the research and the literature, it should work, but uh, talk with your physician and uh, do it together with him.
0: Yep. I agree 100%. You don't want to go off on your own and start changing things up and that could be dangerous. You're right. Now let's talk about personalized nutrition a little bit. For listeners who have read my second book, Feast Without Fear, I talked about this. I wrote that book in 2017. I came across an interview. Well, no, it was a TED Talk. It was a TED Talk by Dr. Aaron Segal, and he was talking about how we have a personalized glycemic response, and it's based on our genetics. It's based on our gut microbiome. And that TED Talk really just blew my mind because I've read diet books my whole life. I struggled with my weight, and every diet claimed to be the one best diet for all people. And so I would try low-fat, I would try low-carb, I would try high-fat. You know, I just kept trying different things. A friend might have really good results on one approach, whereas I had the opposite results. It didn't work for me. And so the whole concept that we're different when it comes to what foods work for us was new to me. And I think people are starting to understand this more, but can you talk about that scientifically?
1: Yeah, definitely. I I completely agree with you, Jim. So personal nutrition is uh, basically the the definition for that, in my way, is let's understand what's happening inside your body, and then based on that, let's fit for you the best diet that is good for you. So as you said, we have uh, a few diets like the keto diet, and the the high-carb, low-carb, high-fat, low-fat, high-protein, low-protein. Some people say, hey, it's good for everyone. It's good for subpopulation. And in order to know what is good for you, you need to understand better what's happening inside your body. So what we are doing at InstaTracker and what actually the literature is saying, because us and other published papers that show that if you know exactly what's happening inside your body, and then you assign for a specific person, a specific food that is good for him, and then you combine all the, in our case, it was more than a thousand subjects. You combine all of them and look at the effect on the blood biomarkers, as I discussed before, glucose and cholesterol and the inflammation markers. And other, you can see that when you do it in a personalized way, you can see a very nice effect on those blood biomarkers. So Basically, you can improve how you look from the inside just by knowing what's happening in your side at the starting point and giving you an intervention that uh, is good for you. And I can give you an example. A lot of people are saying that a high fat diet is bad. Yes, it's bad for someone that they uh, might have a uh, high cholesterol. But if you have your uh, metabolism is good and your cholesterol is not high, maybe a high fat diet is good for you. But if you have high cholesterol or uh, maybe genetic predisposition to high cholesterol, that might not be good for you. Now, if someone have an issue with the level of iron, usually it's an uh, athletic active population, or uh, young women that lose uh, uh, blood every month, again, you can eat it, uh, receive it from the food, eat red meat. If you have high cholesterol, maybe you should use other source of the, red, of the iron because the red meat is not the best for you. So basically what we are trying to do in the uh, personal nutrition community is uh, look at your uh, blood, at your DNA. Now we are even looking at your data from your activity tracker. So we're looking at your Fitbit. And we can analyze your uh, sleep data and your resting heart rate and activity. And based on all of that, give you the best recommendation that is good for you.
0: That's fascinating. So you do incorporate blood biomarkers. And that is, of course, something that changes. It's responsive to how you're living your life. But you also look at the DNA to see. I know that that science is still unfolding the whole science of what dna says about you know what foods work best for us would you talk about that a little bit
1: yeah definitely Uh, and uh, by the way i completely agree with you that dna alone is not strong and the reason for that is that the dna giving you your potential so basically i can uh, let's take the example of the glucose that we discussed uh, a few minutes ago i can tell you based on your dna that you have a high predisposition to high glucose meaning If I will compare you to someone that doesn't have high predisposition, you might have a higher uh, glucose level. But it doesn't say that today you have high glucose. It just says that you have a higher risk to have high glucose. But if uh, I'm combining it now with blood, I can come and tell you, Gene, not only that you have a high predisposition for high glucose, you also have high glucose. Or you have high predisposition to high glucose, but you have a, a, a normal glucose.
0: Are you tired of feeling tired? Are you someone who hits snooze and then slams your head straight back on the pillow? Magnesium Breakthrough is an all-natural supplement that helps you sleep more peacefully and wake up feeling refreshed. Magnesium Breakthrough is the only magnesium supplement on the market that contains the optimal ratio of all seven essential types of magnesium. So if you want to feel more energized and get the best night's sleep you've had in forever, check out bioptimizers.com IF ifstories. In addition to the discount you get by using the promo code ifstories10, you can get free gifts with your purchase up to two travel size bottles of magnesium breakthrough and who does not love something free act fast this is a limited time offer go now to buy optimizers.com slash if stories and don't forget to use the promo code if stories 10 you'll be amazed at how much better you feel by taking magnesium breakthrough
2: if you travel you know how to pull off a perfect getaway
1: And actually, there are a lot of different permutations for that. So in the case of uh, you have high risk for high glucose, and you really have high glucose, maybe what we were telling you, hey, you got uh, bad cards. Now you need to play the best that you can do, because your cards are not good enough, but now it's uh, your willpower to beat your odds and uh, get the glucose down, okay? While someone that has a low predisposition for high glucose, meaning his genetics, is very good, but you still have high glucose, then I can tell you, you got uh, great cards, but uh, you're not playing them well. Meaning, just changing a bit of your lifestyle, you can uh, significantly improve your glucose. So basically, by knowing the data from the genetics and combining it with the blood, we can give you a, a high definition understanding of what's happening inside your body, and then based on that we can fit uh, the best food for you the best exercise the best supplement the best uh, lifestyle changes such as intermittent fasting in order for you to be the best of yourself
0: i love that when did y'all start with inside tracker how many years has your company been been doing this
1: so we are uh, a bit more than 10 years. I started the company as a naive scientist. And at that time, <laughs> when I uh, came to uh, potential partners and investors, everyone looked at me as a crazy guy. And, uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: because uh, 10 years ago, that did sound cr- No one was talking about this 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, I agree. And then uh, with time now, it's like everyone is talking about it. We have uh, we are working together with the biggest and the brightest in the academia but also, we are working with a very, very big companies that are trying to implement it to their customers. We are working with uh, professional teams. I mean, uh, professional athletic teams in the, here in the U.S. We are working with the military. So there are a lot of excitement about InstaTracker and also a lot of uh, consumers like the people that uh, listen to this uh, podcast. Basically, instead of looking at the availability of the food, and if you look today at uh, the USDA catalog, there are like 8,000 different food items that are available to us. If you look at the average American in an average week, we are consuming around 20 food out of those 8,000. So basically, we have a universe of 8,000, and we are uh, looking at a very small portion of this universe. So first, what we are trying to do at InstaTracker, we're trying to give you education that there are other kind of food that you can eat, but also guide you to the foods that are good for you. Because you might eat, I don't know, a, a specific kind of nut, but that might not be the best for you. Maybe actually eat a specific kind of bean is something that will make you better.
0: So let's say a consumer wanted to participate in your in your services would they go to your website how does the process works for a consumer who's interested one of my listeners who's like i need to figure this out i need to do it what what would they do and how would the process be
1: yeah yeah it's a, it's very simple they come to our website it's inside tracker.com there we have a, a few options so we have a simple option if you uh, don't want or cannot invest too much money you can take the data from your annual physical the blood data and upload it into our uh, server, and then we'll give you a recommendation based on that. What food should you eat? What exercise? What supplement? And so on. You can also come to us and uh, order a blood test if you want to. If you don't have uh, a recent data or if you want to go a bit more crazy and look at the uh, biomarkers that uh, are usually not tested by your physician, for example, cortisol, which is the stress hormone. A lot of the time, it's not tested by the physician or. Uh, a testosterone is another one, and uh, some marker uh, uh, specific for iron, and uh, B12 is not always uh, be tested. So you can come and uh, pay, and then uh, uh, we'll give you a lab sleep. You will go to a lab. The lab uh, will take your blood, and then a few days later, we'll receive the result. Uh, similarly to the blood, we have a similar uh, solution for DNA. You can upload your result if you've done tests via 23andMe or Ancestry. You can upload that. Or you can come and uh, buy our DNA kit and do the test with us. Our mantra is uh, we are not uh, the device, we are the, the device. If you need a device, you can buy it from us. But if you have the device already from different places, upload it. We'll charge you much, much less. But then you will get, if the data is, uh, is good, you will get as good uh, output as someone that done the test with us. Our mantra is really to help everyone to live longer, better life. And uh, if we can do it with uh, uh, data that is already available for you, do it.
0: I love that. So there are really a lot of different ways that people can take advantage of your services with their own blood tests, their own DNA reports. Like, for example, I had mine done through 23andMe years ago. So I could come to your website, upload my raw data, and it would generate a report for me. Quite, yes. Now I want to do. I want to do the whole picture now. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs>
1: But I would recommend, again, as we discussed a few minutes ago, DNA is exciting, it's interesting, but it's a, I would call it infotainment. Basically, it's a, it gives you information and a lot of entertainment, but it's not very actionable. But when you combine the DNA together with the blood, suddenly your eyes open and say, wow, that's amazing. So if you have your 20-strand me data, that's great. To upload it. We can give you some value. But the the highest amount of value will come when you combine the DNA with the blood.
0: Well, that's now what I want to do. So that's going to be my goal is to get that done because that sounds – I would really love to have that data, especially since I've been doing intermittent fasting. It's been six years now, five years since I got to my my goal size, but six years in general just intermittent fasting, living it as a lifestyle. So I'd be very interested to see what my biomarkers said. So are y'all doing anything with the gut microbiome as well? Because I know that there's some people, I think, oh, what's his name? Oh, Tim Spector. Are you familiar with his work with the gut microbiome and, and personalized yes, nutrition?
1: Yes, yes, I knew you would be, <laughs>
0: but are you doing anything with the gut as well?
1: Yeah, so what we are doing with the gut is we are looking at the data that uh, can come from a blood test and from a DNA test. We are also uh, reviewing the data about the microbiome, which is a, a very exciting field. Within the next five to 10 years, th- this data will be really actionable. But we uh, strongly believe that it's not ready yet for the prime time uh, for the average consumer because it's really confusing yet. And the scientists still don't agree whether if you have more bacteria X or less bacteria Y, what does it mean for you in related to Should you eat more of that food or less of that food? So we are monitoring it very carefully and we are working on extracting as much information as possible for the gut health based on the blood and DNA and your goals. But we are not there yet in our opinion to give you a recommendation of what food to eat based on that.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a very good point because we really are still in the infancy of this science because the whole idea that, hey, we have all these different things going on inside of us, like they just were able to map the microbiome or figure out what was in there or sequence it within the past 15 years, 12 years, something like that. It's not, it's not something that they even were able to do until recently. So yeah, the, the research is ongoing.
1: Yeah, it's ongoing. And uh, again, I think that they, they are very exciting publication. There is not enough volume of them and the strengths of those uh, peer-reviewed scientific publication to come and say there is an action-reaction. So we are monitoring it. Actually, I have a scientist that uh, is really excited about that and is monitoring it uh, every week. And we are reviewing the literature and, uh, and uh, keeping it in a standby until it will be ready to recommend intervention based on that.
0: Yeah, they're doing a study right now, the PREDICT study, that, or maybe PREDICT 2, that might be what it is. That was part of with the British Gut Project with Tim Spector, but a bunch of people in my intermittent fasting community have actually participated in it. So they're still gathering the data now to find, it's not ready yet. They're still gathering it. People are tracking their foods and eating the muffins. And <laughs> it's, it's fascinating to watch people in the community actually participate in the research study. So we're going to be following that study to see what they report, but I, I don't know how long it'll take for them to be done analyzing it because they're really working with lots and lots of people.
1: Yeah, that's exciting
0: it really is exciting and, and and like i said it's exciting that our community like one person in the in one of the facebook groups we have these online support communities one person's like i just decided to participate in this predict to study and so they were going through it and then other people applied to be part of it as well so we have a, a number of intermittent fasters a good number that are participating in the research but it's all about figuring out what foods work best for your body and I think they're looking at, like they were wearing continuous blood glucose monitors and seeing what happened after they ate certain foods and all sorts of things like that. So I will be following it over time.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to see the result. Yeah, it's really exciting.
2: It really is. If you travel for work, you know to pack two suits, business and swim. You know with your Delta Sky Miles business Amex card, buying that plane ticket for a business trip, can get you closer to medallion status. You know that a meeting in Montana means visiting almost every national park. Yellowstone, check. Because you're the chief excursion officer. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply, visit You know business. When you choose Organic Valley, not only will you be enjoying great tasting dairy, you'll help to save over 1,600 small organic family farms,
0: You know, if they're interested in intermittent fasting, for aging, what would you tell them?
1: I think that uh, so far, I haven't seen in the literature data that show that uh, intermittent fasting is bad. Maybe it will come, but uh, but so far, I haven't seen it. There is, uh, as we discussed uh, at the beginning of the discussion, there is a lot of information that show that uh, intermittent fasting is uh, good for longevity, again, mainly in a, a model organism, But hopefully, it's also good for us. And also, if you think about our environment today, comparing to the environment of the human being a few, let's say, hundreds of years ago, we haven't had a refrigerator next to our bedroom that we could go at night and, I don't know, drink milk or eat yogurt. We basically had to eat whenever we found the food or the food was available. I would say that the current situation that you eat without uh, any barrier and you eat all the day is not a normal. Normal situation is that you have a period of uh, feeding and period of fasting. So I would uh, say, yeah, go into that. Again, you need to realize what is the best fit for you. Is it every other day? Some people it's easier because then uh, one day they can continue exactly in what they're doing. The other day they're just fasting. Or there are some that are doing uh, a 2-5 or uh, doing what you and me are doing, basically doing the uh, intermittent fasting uh, daily and or time restriction feeding, which is uh, for me and a lot of people that I know is the easiest way. Sounds like uh, the benefits are uh, still good. But what I would recommend them is also to monitor what they are eating in the, or what they are consuming during the feeding period. And that's maybe connect us to the person's nutrition. That we discussed before, it's very important to know what you feed your body. I see the food as basically the oil or gasoline that you feed your body, and uh, hopefully everyone sees himself as a a Tesla or a Porsche, and not I don't know a Kia Rio. So because (laughs) of that, let's let's feed ourselves with the best uh, uh, gasoline that we can, the premium fuel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But the premium fuel for Eugene. Is, it might be different than mine. And let's understand what is the premium fuel for us. By the way, we are uh, the most important investment uh, in our life. So let's uh, invest in the important things. So let's uh, feed ourselves in the right food, give ourselves the right rest, and, uh, and so on. So that's uh, combining the intermittent fasting with uh, maybe personalized nutrition. Let's do both, and then hopefully we'll live uh, longer. But most importantly, we will continue to, uh, we'll be able to see our grandchildren and uh, the grand-grandchildren uh, graduating from college, which is what everyone wants to see.
0: Absolutely. So I'm just curious, what foods work best for you? How do you eat?
1: Yeah, so I uh, am struggling a bit with a slightly high glucose. Again, it's a, uh, we haven't discussed such tracker too deeply, but uh, we have a uh, If you look at glucose or any other marker, you have the normal zone and you have out of the normal. So basically the physician gives for uh, everyone 65 to 99 level of glucose is normal and everything below and above is out of normal. We also develop an optimal zone based on your age and gender and sometimes ethnicity and athletic activity. We're giving you the optimal zone for you. So my glucose is a bit higher than my optimal zone. So what I'm trying to do now is I'm trying to take it down. So for example, intermittent fasting is good for that. I also eat uh, every morning when I'm uh, breaking my fast, I'm consuming oatmeal. That helps me to basically allow the glucose to absorb slowly because uh, I have, uh, oatmeal I have a lot of fiber. I also try to consume as much as I can uh, beans because beans are also good for the glucose. I also try to consume as much as I can berries, blueberries and raspberries, because, again, they are uh, uh, high in fiber. And I'm uh, consuming some supplements because I I know, for example, that my uh, uh, vitamin D, it's very hard for me to get it from the sun. I got uh, an instant tracker recommend to me the amount of uh, vitamin D that I'm consuming, and now it's very stable. I see that also my... uh, B12, vitamin B12 is not in the optimal zone uh, always, so I'm uh, supplementing with a small amount of uh, vitamin B12. I'm also a monitor now with an activity tracker my sleep, and I'm trying to find uh, what are the best way to improve the quality of the sleep, and again, uh, uh, we have a pilot study now uh, with an instant tracker on activity tracker, so we can give you a recommendation based on your uh, feedback. what is the best intervention for you to have a better night's sleep tomorrow or today? So, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm uh, toying with my uh, food and my uh, lifestyle a lot. I also work on uh, some uh, exercise interventions. So, I used to have high inflammation. So, I'm uh, doing yoga and I see that that's helped me to decrease the inflammation. I'm using several different tools to optimize my, basically, biomarkers.
0: I love that. But you have access to them so you, are, you know how they respond, so you can tweak, and that's just really powerful. The information is there. You're like, oop, my sleep has not been on point. I can work on the sleep for now. I love that. So what are some of the recommendations, just general recommendations for improving sleep? Because I know that's something that people struggle with. I'm going through menopause. I'm 50. And so women have a lot of troubles with sleep around this age. But just in general, what are some of the things that y'all recommend?
1: There are some uh, general uh, sleep recommendations uh, we call it sleep hygiene, like a very simple recommendation, the temperature of the room that 's very important that it won't be too high or too low for me I, I, by trial and error I go to sixty eight degrees so I know that sixty eight degrees is the the right temperature for me. I also like to be covered by blankets. some people don 't like it, some people like it. Another uh, important recommendation related to sleep hygiene is the room should be as dark as possible. A lot of us don't have it, so it's it's mainly not to wake up too early, especially in the summer. So uh, try to make the room as uh, dark as possible. A lot of us are using uh, I don't know having a TV in the room or having the the smartphone next to their bed the, next to the bed or watching TV two seconds before they are going to sleep. So that's can uh, the blue light is not so good. So there are some. Uh, First of all, I don't, I don't have a TV in my room and the bedroom is uh, for sleep and other activity, but definitely not for TV. Uh, for
0: TV. Not for television. There you go. <laughs> uh,
1: and uh, my phone is in my office and not in, uh, next to my, uh, if someone really needs me, you can wait for a uh, morning. So that's another example of how to manage the sleep. Also, some people are exercising too late and that's basically increase the adrenaline and then it's hard for them to fall asleep. Some people eat too late, and that's also, yeah. don't eat too late because what happens is that your gut is still uh, active and then uh, your heart rate is getting higher and then uh, it's up for you to fall asleep. So there are uh, a lot of different recommendations to improve sleep. If you, for example, have a Fitbit or any other activity tracker, you can see also what are your specific problems. So it's not only the, uh, the length of the time that you are sleeping, but also how is your REM sleep, deep sleep, how many times a night you wake up. So there are a lot of things that uh, are getting into that. And you can even improve those subset of sleep based on knowing what is the problem. Then uh, we can subscribe to you an intervention that you can do in order to improve it.
0: Yeah, that's fabulous. And so what I love is that at Inside Tracker, y'all work with the data that people have from their sleep. And you say, all right, here's what's happening with your sleep. And based on that, this is what we want you to do.
1: Correct. And you can look at, uh, also, I think that it's very encouraging to see what is your best. So some people can have, uh, I don't know, 20% of their night can be a uh, deep sleep. For me, I know that my average is around 12%. So every night that I have more than 12%, I'm happy because it's more than 12%, it's more than the, my average. So you can look, because you have so many data points uh, from activities tracker, like sleep and resting heart rate, you can start having what is the normal and optimal for you while in in the blood because we are not testing you every second we're testing you every three to six months it's much harder to do that so we can look at you based on the population based on someone in your age and gender but we can also look at you based on you and compare and do what we call an experiment of n of one just you and then try to improve you based on your data.
0: Yeah, that's fabulous. And it's really important for people to keep that in mind. You are an N equals one. It's your study. And the more science we have, the more we're realizing that we are all different. And so one size fits all, what to eat, when to eat it, how to eat it, when to exercise, what exercise to do, when to sleep, all of that. We just really need to focus on how does my body respond when I make these changes? Absolutely. Well, I love it. We are almost out of time. So i like to end, and I kind of already have asked you this, so <laughs> but i like to end by asking guests, what would you tell someone just starting off with intermittent fasting? Or is there anything you wish you knew when you first started?
1: So I think that what I will tell someone that is uh, starting intermittent fasting, that it's, I think that it's great. Uh, in my opinion, it's the best intervention that's available for us today at least to hope to live longer, better life. And what is uh, uh, really exciting about that is that it's natural and simple. So it's not like you're not taking, a lot of people now taking uh, drugs or specific uh, small molecules because uh, some data in the literature saying that uh, it might be good in a, a model organism. This intervention, even if it won't work, it's not bad okay so i haven't I haven't seen any side effect of that yet, and I don't think that it will be because basically we are not supposed to eat so much as we're eating today, so I would say that's the best intervention that you can have. It might not be easy at the first few weeks as we discussed before, especially if you're doing every other day. but after that you it's get into your routine when it's in your routine it's much easier than all the other diets because other diets, you should eat uh, uh, 50 grams of that and uh, I don't know two liter of that. That's hard. Coming, saying I'm I'm uh, starting to eat at 11 and stop uh, consuming food at uh, six. It's easy. It's like uh, literally two points. Start and stop, and that's it. Exactly.
0: Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. And I know that everyone is going to be interested in checking out your company, Inside Tracker, and finding out more about how we can support our own personalized goals.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Jean. It was a, a really pleasure. And uh, I wish uh, good luck to all of your audience with their intermittent fasting uh, endeavor.
0: Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.